So tomorrow, Thursday the 8th of November, you can come and see me give a talk live in the Invisible Picture Palace. I'll be doing a talk about in-conversation podcasts, like the one you're listening to. So go to www.invisiblepicturepalace.com and click on the events tab and you can buy a ticket in advance for £3 or turn up tomorrow night and buy a ticket on the door for £4. Obviously, this is only particularly relevant to people who live in London. It's a bit late to arrange to travel to London for tomorrow. And also, I'm doing a residency at the Invisible Picture Palace. Go to events and then go to residencies and you'll see Getting Better Acquainted Live, which is happening from the 16th till the 21st of November. And they're going to be live conversations done in front of an audience. Places are limited. There's not very much space inside that greenhouse. So get onto the website and book yourself a place. It's absolutely free to come along, but there are limited places. And so you don't want to chance it to come in along on the night. There will still be some held back. So there'll be some available on the door. But it's first come, first served by then. So if you want to guarantee that you can be there for one of the conversations, book now. It's not right. like Olivia Newton-John, let's get physical. Sure. It's hardcore exercise. Yeah. The girls actually refer to me as Satan. Satan? Yeah, and it's okay. a nickname I've learned to enjoy. It's just one of those things where you can go and really get to know people and know about their lives yeah. and like the reasons why they're there. Hello, I'm Dave. I'm the guy that's putting all this stuff together. I need to get better. Please make me better. I want to get better, better, better acquainted with you. Today, we're getting better acquainted with Abby. Hello, Abby. Hi, Dave. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like I was saying, I've done like hundreds of them, and still I laugh every time I say that because it's so weird. And we've been chatting for like 20 minutes, exactly. so now I can't We got speak. coffee, <laughs> all sorts of things. I saved you from Cruise Road. Yeah, that's your one coffee of the day, you This said. is my one coffee of the day. Where is it? Yeah, I'm currently on a detox which only allows one. It doesn't state how large or small it has to be. But I thought I'd save it for this occasion. That's a good idea. Yeah. We're in Rove Park. Is this Rove Park? No, it's not, is it? I think this is the, the flower, the flower gardens. gardens. So it's kind of connected to Rove Park. Yeah, Rove Park's like over that way over away. Over that way, yeah. Where people can't see me pointing. Um, <laughs> and we're in Cardiff, which is always nice because I'm rarely here. I'm always here. It's yeah. bo- boring for me, Dave. That's right. Well, that's right. Yeah. Like, yeah, you you are always in Cardiff. I guess the first question I ask people is, how do you know me? From school, many many moons ago. Um, yeah. Thinking about it, it's probably it's got to be twelve years since we left. And when did you join? Maybe like year nine? Yeah, year eight. I think I came in the middle of year eight. Okay. So yeah, that would have made us like fourteen, so sixteen years ago. Yeah, I know it's crazy. That's giving away my. Uh, I think everybody knows how old I am now. My age is all over the internet, so I, 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 I can't deny it. We were in the same year, weren't we? But we weren't really yeah. in the same groups or anything until maybe sixth form, everything combines, doesn't it? Yeah, I think, thinking back, it's probably English, I remember, because I didn't spend a lot of time in sixth form. That, Let's be right. honest. I was, I did A-levels, Yeah. but if I didn't have to be there, yeah. by that I mean if I didn't want to get up, yeah, well, I was the same. Yeah, I wouldn't be there. Yeah. So I think probably English, maybe GCSE year, uh, was 
when we were mostly. We were already we were so I don't know. I literally don't know. This it's weird how much you, I don't I know, remember. I you forget. Like I can see the face of the teacher, but that's about as far as I can go. <laughs> I, I think I had Mr. Owens eventually. I was in his reg, so I oh, was right. in. I was in like the second highest because uh, we were streamed, weren't we? Yes, I was so in the highest. I was in the second highest, but the second highest had a bad rep. <laughs> that's like, right. Yeah. No, I was in set one. Yeah, there you throughout. go. Throughout. There you go. That's a smug smile on my face right now. Yeah. No, didn't get me anywhere, to be fair. <laughs> well, I don't think it got anybody anywhere. No, nah, school doesn't really make any difference to your life, really. But it feels no. so important at the time. That's it. Although when you get older, I do kind of look back and say, oh, I think I probably would have done it a bit differently. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Just probably make, maybe taking it a little bit more seriously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I did take it quite seriously, I guess. I think you were probably the most serious uh, about serious school. That's about right, yeah. <laughs> Especially when it came to English, I well, do I, remember. I didn't do any revision for any of my A-levels, so no. I, I wasn't that serious. serious. I, I kind of, I was interested in the subjects, so I took it seriously because yeah. I was personally interested in them. I didn't really do extra work like about no. things I wasn't interested in. That's it. I think I kind of did that with GCSE. I kind of winged it, which will be a little bit annoying for some people because... I don't know, I did all right. Yeah, me too. And that's why when I look back, I think if I'd done, worked a little bit harder... Kind of pushed myself, yeah, exactly. <laughs> could, have, could have maybe done something. But university was never the thing for me, so it was never kind of... So why, did, why didn't you want to go to uni? I think I got two older brothers who never went. There was nothing that really kind of grabbed me. Right. And yeah, I was just so... I, I probably worked from when I was like 15, 16. Okay, yeah. Christmas jobs, summer jobs, and that was more exciting to me, to get out into the world of work and have yeah, money in sure. my pocket. Why not? Um, and again, like I said, if I, if I went back, maybe I'd do it differently. I don't yeah. know. Anywhere the university, the amount of debt that I see oh, my man, friends yeah, in yeah, yeah. still. I was in debt for mm. years, years. So, I don't know. And I don't think it's probably got... Maybe only one of them has done something related to their degree. Right. And then I've got other friends who've done degrees and masters and other kinds of things on top of it and still have no idea what they want to do with their yeah. life. Well, I hardly ever get paid for anything related to my degree. I, I do do stuff related to it because I did theatre studies yeah. and creative writing. So, mm. like, that's, that's the thing. I didn't even, like, my degree wasn't, like, again, it was just my interests. Yeah, absolutely. So I was, I never had to, like, study, study. Like, that's the thing. I always think, you know, what, what would I have been like if I'd have actually learn something new rather than just Done developing what I, what I like yeah yeah although I did do one year of what well, of course called universe as an art which sounds ridiculous it was a physics course for people who didn't know any maths so I did one <laughs> year of that so I guess I did learn some new stuff that there. kind of sounds like my type of physics course. yeah it was good it was yeah. really good I got eight I got um first in that <laughs> only, only first I got at uni was in that I didn't count towards my degree so when was the last time we would have been in the same place together I guess uh, like some probably like prom or one of them things. geez prom <laughs> I tried to erase that from my memory yeah um, me, me too big time sixth form prom was where was it yeah Juries. it was in yeah, it was in that. It was in a hotel bar thing that was near the CIA. So that's it, Jury's yeah. Hotel. Yeah, so probably then. Thinking about it, because yeah. I, like I said, I didn't do a lot of sixth form. I started with three A levels. I left completing one and getting a C in music. I do absolutely nothing to do with music now. So that's probably that. Yeah. Like I said, school is just one of those memories now. No, it's a weird thing. Yeah. That prom was weird for me as well. I said to like, you know, Polo. Yes. That was a deputy head's nickname. I was 
smoking a big cigar and being a cocky little That's shit. And he, he said to me, like, you're never going to get anywhere in the world unless you start conforming. All of the, all, all, he said, all of the best artists of all time have all been conservative in their way of thinking. Sorry? Yeah, it's nonsense. So I had this massive argument with him, like naming all, like going William Blake, all his stuff, like, mm. and uh, just the whole night was just a big argument with yeah. Polo. I don't uh, know how much school has changed, like, generally now, but that's what I, th- I hated about those days was they kind of never looked at what you were good at or had interest in and tried to kind of, I don't know, harbour that interest yeah. and, and grow the talent that was there. And that's what now looking at the people who've left school I think oh good on you for the people who teachers would have looked at and thought you're going to get nowhere yeah and to be fair didn't take school very seriously and they're doing amazing things yeah so yeah I think that needs to change yeah, I don't sure, know whether sure, it has changed sure. well maybe and, and it's all a bit luck of the draw in it because when you think about it mm. some teachers did nurture that like the drama teacher for example Chris Harding like everybody in his like a lot of your friends like our yeah, mutual yeah, yeah. friends were in that group and yeah. that felt really special and, and that's because you know he, he took the time I don't think that's really to do with the school or the system the way it's set up it's just he happened to be someone yeah. who looked out for Somebody you so you're just lucky cared. if you've got that that's luck of the draw it depends mm. what, what you're into and where you end up definitely text as well terribly, <laughs> terribly unprofessional um, my phone's on silent by the way well done well done <laughs> So what happened after school? God, blind me, a lot of stuff. So I left. I left at the end of sixth form, but I was already working at that point. Yeah. Um, so, which is why I kind of missed a lot of stuff because if I got offered extra hours, I could work. Mm-hmm. So I kind of worked in a business centre, did a bit of admin stuff, worked for a nightclubs promotions company for like five years. Oh, cool. So yeah, it was a pretty interesting job. A company called Time Flies. They used to do house nights. Okay. At Emporium. I don't know if you remember Emporium. Yeah, I think I do. I even think I remember the seeing the posters. Yeah. Time Flies on it. Yeah. So I mean, five years of working, really antisocial hours. I said, well, like sort of ten till six in an office, and then a few nights a week in clubs, and really good times. Just started to feel like I was getting too old for it because I think I was eighteen when I started that. Got to like twenty three, twenty four. I was thinking, yeah. my mum's on my back about getting a proper job. Can't be doing this for the rest no. of your life. Not that it wasn't a proper job. But there it was. But, yeah, but, <laughs> you know, I know what you mean. By that point, I had met my then boyfriend, moved in with him, who was a DJ. So our our lives kind of fitted quite nicely, because right. he, he worked nights, I worked nights. We'd see each other in town, be able to go home together. It was quite an interesting period. The things you see. Well, like... What like? Uh, yeah, what did well, you, you just think it was like kind of the coming towards the end of the house era. Right. So it was the good times, I would say. Still in the good times. I, I wasn't there at the beginning of it. I was far too young. But um, oh, there's your phone again. Um, okay, it does that. If you don't pay attention, it does it again to remind you. Anyway, oh, right, okay. I'm not that popular. So yeah, I just think it was the whole coming towards the end of the drug culture. Right. The DJs who used to get paid phenomenal amounts of money. Right. for very little work um, I just everything kind of changed after that the music scene in Cardiff changed and I would say probably UK wide as well so yeah it was just a good time to be working in it and everything after that seemed like too much of an effort Yeah, it was almost like an easy money making thing you'd invite a big DJ down you'd have to pay him a lot of money but people in turn would pay a massive amount of money to see him So and you'd all go out and get pissed yeah. and enjoy it Yeah. so yeah, it was a good five years. That's a nice way to... That's a nice job for a young person. Yeah, absolutely. I think. It, it was exciting because 
I was dealing with people that everybody knew. Right. So it kind of made me feel like I was in with the crowd. I wasn't yeah. when I look at you're it. You're in the scene. You're <laughs> yeah. in, you know, you're, yeah, you're Completely moving. wasn't when I think back. But um, yeah, it's kind of name drop central. And when you're young, it, it can mean something. And you just think how, how materialistic or egotistical was that looking back but yeah I could say good good times when I was young so yeah when you say like materialistic you just mean like what because you were like just after the money and after the kind of time yeah it wasn't even the money there wasn't that much money in it right but it was just like I'm trying to think of like good I don't even know whether these names will mean anything to you so like Pete Tong Carl Cox yeah they mean something yeah exactly so I'd be kind of ushering them into buildings looking after them while they were there making sure they had their drinks if they needed anything and so I was kind of rubbing shoulders with what might have been considered the glitterati of Clubland at the yeah, time yeah, they were, and for definitely. like a 21 year old that's really yeah. cool yeah well it seemed like it at the yeah. time and then yeah you just think they're just people yeah that's the thing when you meet yeah exactly <laughs> every time I've met somebody that's famous they, they're just a they're person. just people yeah and you forget it sometimes put them on a pedestal and for no reason. Yeah. Well, I guess that's a thing that young people do. Exactly. It makes sense that we don't feel this anymore. No, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Hindsight's a wonderful thing. Yeah, um, for sure. So what did you do then to get out? Well, actually, like I said, it was kind of coming towards the end of the time when it was a massive thing. Super clubs all around the country, like Gatecrasher, Cream, all those were kind of winding down. Mm. They were getting less and less people in there. It wasn't feasible to run weekly club nights paying out that sort of money and then not having the income stream coming from people because they were moving on to different things so I think probably my generation was the last that had private clubs yeah. in city centres you don't see a lot of private clubs they're owned by massive leisure companies now so you've yeah, got like your Oceanas and those sorts of things and they don't they're all budgets and you know because they're run by massive companies so you don't see nights like that anymore and I think that happened all across the UK at that sort of time so which is why they don't get paid the sort of money they used to get paid so yeah it was just one of those things where the company was still doing things but it just wasn't feasible for me to be in an office five days a week anymore so it was like looking outside and I ended up doing where did I go then oh Her Majesty's Court Services of all places okay so what were you in Asher no (laughs) Um, doing a bit of admin work okay Um, really interesting job because it was like setting up all the court paperwork for different cases and being from Fairwater and going to Cantonian yeah. you kind of recognise quite a lot of the, names, of the names in there yeah probably, <laughs> so, probably so yeah yeah they, they had a signed confidentiality agreement and all that sort of stuff yeah yeah, yeah I'm not going to I'm not going to ask you to help <laughs> yeah. people to be honest I don't think I could remember now it still seems so long ago but yeah it was interesting at the time they only managed to stick it for a year because it was just one of those one of those places that you know when people are part of the furniture yeah. And you just think you're never going to go anywhere in this job. It was a job for life. They've now converted to like civil service. So it felt like it would have been a safe bet if I yeah. wanted that to stay there. But there was nowhere to go because there was people in the high up jobs who'd been there for 15, 20 years and they were going to be there till they were dead. Yeah. So I don't think an office kind of thing is for me. No. Really. Well, I've discovered it's definitely not now. <laughs> if you weren't too into being in lessons, being in offices is similar in exactly. sitting in a room all day. I think I kind of convinced myself I could do it just because I'd gone from such a relaxed job of random hours and really relaxed in the office. And if I wanted to go out, I would. And 
and my mum convinced me that wasn't a proper job. Yeah. That I felt like I should go and do something that she would consider a proper one. Proper. And you did that <laughs> for you. For you. <laughs> I got up and walked away. Well, and what happened then? I didn't work for a bit actually. I was with my boyfriend at the time. He was working a lot. We bought a house, a massive house as well, and we were kind of doing a bit of work on that. And I didn't need to work, which. Again, for sort of, I probably only 24, 25 at the yeah. time. It's a bit weird. He was making enough for both of you. Then. Yeah, and I was quite enjoying the, the happy housewife thing at 25. Well, yeah. Well, I don't blame you though. I would, I would quite enjoy being a house husband. That would be sweet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my days probably consisted of, I don't, I don't want to tar housewives with a, any kind of brush. I've got no kids. Yeah, so. kids make it a different. Yeah, job, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And it does become a job yeah. then. But I was kind of waking up. Maybe like in time for Jeremy Kyle. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Having a bit of breakfast. Um, yeah, so it was a really lazy period of my life. But I was really quite content. Right. And got incredibly fat as well. Which I think is just one of those things that when you become comfortable in a relationship and you don't have to go to work. Yeah. I don't want to say it's inevitable because it's probably not for most people, but for me. Yeah, you don't have to impress anybody. Absolutely. So <laughs> yeah. Bother, yeah. I did my days of impressing. <laughs> yeah, that worked out well. So when I eventually did go back to work, this is quite eclectic now, might you get a, a sense of my CV? <laughs> I became a self-employed mortgage advisor. Right. Yeah. A friend of mine was doing it. I like to go into things at the peak. So it was when the property market was massive. I could see he was making loads of money and he just said, look, if you fancy it, I'll put a word in for you. They're always taking on every sort of three to six months. And I thought, well, I've never done anything like it before. I just started driving, so I'd be out on the road, not stuck in an office, which appealed at the time. So I went up and met them. Um, They took me on, did my training courses, got qualified, and probably did that for like two and a half years. Awesome job. I worked some really dodgy places. I was on the Gurnos estate quite a lot up in Merthyr. Okay. But yeah, I was mostly dealing with like remortgaging, insurances, those sorts of things. And looking at it now, like I said, hindsight's a wonderful thing. You think, when those people come knocking on your door, you think they're just out to make a quick buck. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, the money was good, but I was one of the few within the company that had a bit of a conscience. Uh, so I used to get quite a beating at the end of every month when I hadn't quite hit target or because I'd let someone slip through the net but because I didn't think whatever it was they were asking for I could do for them yeah. but yeah a good couple of years and then obviously the arse fell out the market <laughs> I was self-employed so I was like buying leads for myself ended up spending I don't know maybe sort of a thousand pound a month on leads to be able to phone people to see if they were interested Right. and when you were making good money that was fine but in the end you were only sort of breaking even Yeah. so we came out of it and that was when like the recession properly hit then, no jobs around, and ended up out of work for probably a good six six or twelve months again, this time not by choice. Right. So finance again, not my thing. Right. When you were spending those six months unemployed, were you still with your then boyfriend? Or? I was, yeah. So you at least had that safety yeah. blanket thing. That's it. I'm thinking back now, God. Yeah, we were still together, we were living together. But it was it was a tough time. Yeah, sure. Because him being a DJ, it had hit those sorts of areas as well because people no didn't have the money much, to go out. Yeah. So his work was getting quieter and quieter. It wasn't an easy time. The only job I could find at that time was a weekend receptionist at a car dealership, which I jumped at. And I think I probably did the weekends for maybe three months and they offered me a full-time position. 
and it's again how you fall into these jobs yeah. it was like I've never actually gone out and looked for something before so I ended up doing full time on the reception desk and then moving up to a different position within like um, administration and all the like background stuff with cars all very boring yeah. an office job again I was just thankful to have a job yeah sure and I was there until March this year working for Audi <laughs> it wasn't a nice place to work the motor trade's not a nice industry it's quite cutthroat it's quite incestuous yeah and just stressful yeah target anything target driven is yeah sure not for me sales is a yeah, yeah, yeah. thing yeah so what happened in March this year what did you decide to do well, actually, it goes back back a little bit further than that. As I said earlier, I got quite fat. Right. <laughs> During my previous relationship. When we split up, I kind of wanted something. Or in the six months leading up to the breakup. Because I think you always kind of know it's going to happen yeah. before it does. Um, I was just doing whatever I could to stay out of the house. So I decided the gym was the place to go. Never set foot. Well, not never, but probably not since I was about 14 when I gave up gymnastics right. had I done any proper exercise apart from what they forced you to do in school a bit of netball and, yeah, yeah. You know. so yeah real strange thing for me to do but I kind of found that when I started seeing myself losing weight and feeling a bit better about myself I got in touch with a friend I previously worked with at Time Flies right. so he used to do nightclub promotions as well being like a brother to me but we kind of lost touch over that interim period in the middle I'd found out he'd become a personal trainer. So I started going to the gym, losing a bit of weight, and then I got to a point where I got stuck and had no joy in it, split up with the ex. So I started training with him. And I don't know, it just kind of gradually, it was for my brother's wedding or something like that, I was going to be bridesmaid. Did six weeks of hard training, saw great results, went on holiday, went to the wedding, filled my face, came back and started piling it all back on. And then... I was like, right, I've got to do something about this. I'm starting to feel it, like, catching up with me again. So I got in touch with him again, and I've never stopped training with him since, and that was probably four years ago. Right. And when was it? Maybe 12 months ago, he kind of said to me, he'd always he'd done five years of personal training, and he'd set up these, like, boot camps for 30-plus guys. He was looking for a niche market in Cardiff. Right. He was a guy in his 30s. He'd previously been overweight. He wanted to entice people back into exercise or into exercise for the first time knowing what it could do for how you felt about yourself and just general feeling good yeah so he'd set up this guy's camp which was going relatively well at the time and one of the guys had said to him look my girlfriend really wants to train i really want her to train (laughs) um yeah i know what does that say if i get her and a couple of friends together would you train them and he said, Jay, if you can get sort of six to eight girls together, we'll set up a Saturday morning boot camp. So he invited me along. He's going back probably two years now. So I went, and there was about six or eight of us, maybe ten. And it just kind of grew. Girls talk. The guys one was this tight niche group of guys who were all mates, yeah. wanted to train together. Um, and it never kind of, at that time, went any further than that. As soon as the girls one started, girls talk and you see results all of a sudden there was like 20 of us right in a, within a, like a couple of months and it just carried on from there so then geez last summer he turned around and said look everything's getting a little bit bigger than what I wanted to deal with on my own and because we've been friends for sort of 12 years he said and I think he'd taken on trainers previously kind of screwed him over a little bit he said how do you fancy retraining and become a personal trainer being unhappy in the job that I was in 
yeah. and this thing kind of falling into my lap as they do, kind of jumped at the chance. So back from November last year, I was doing five days a week, three nights a week, classes, and then finally bit the bullet and left Audi full-time in March this year yeah. to become a personal trainer full-time. Right. Yeah. I let you talk very much, sorry, no, Dave. I, I, that's fine. I don't, I don't always talk that much. I, I, I'm, I try and listen. Um, <laughs> you're a, a personal trainer, and you, the things that you do are called boot camps, right? I'm like, I'm like, the alien world to me. It's actually booty camp, because <clears throat> it's camp. only women that okay. I deal with. All right. So we like to call it booty camp. But yeah, I do personal training, so my day is kind of split. I get up very, very early in the morning. Right. See personal training clients. I'm generally quiet then middle of the day when everybody else is at work and then come evening time six times a week right. I'm either in a field or a gym with somewhere between 20 and 30 nutters running around making them do crazy things in the name of exercise okay well what yeah. like what what do you make people do okay well because it is, is don't think for a second that when I'm in the gym we're all in like we, well I do wear lycra I was going to say I am in lycra yeah but leg warmers and thongs over the top. It's not right. like Olivia Newton-John, let's get physical. Sure. It's hardcore exercise. Yeah. Every night I do an hour with them. We've probably got about 80 members and they come, they choose which days they come throughout the week. Squats, lunges, burpees. Do you know what a burpee is? No. I'm not going to show you. <laughs> but just know that they're satanic. Okay. They're um, full body exercises that would just kill you. Sure, any kind of exercise pretty much kills me. <laughs> but yeah, they're... Um, they're an amazing bunch of girls. I just get it. I enjoy my job now. I think yeah. it's the first time, apart from like when I was in the clubs, when it was a different kind of enjoyment. I was getting enjoyment from the fact that, like I said earlier, the people I was dealing with, yeah. the excitement from that side of things. Whereas now, I actually wake up and I want to go and see my personal training clients and see how they've gone and whether they've been a bit naughty over the weekend with their food. And I how, just enjoy. how does that go down? Say I've, I'm on your fitness program. Okay. Obviously, I would have to be a woman, and I've been naughty over the weekend. I've like eaten badly and whatever else, like drunk and not loads yeah. of things. What would your response be? It depends on the client, and it depends on the conversation we have at the beginning of when I start to work with them. So if I get a client that comes in and says, "Look, I want to lose weight, and I want to do this." within this time period I tell them what I expect of them right and basically when they come in on a Monday morning and they tell me they've done something that I told them I expressly don't expect them to do <laughs> then they're going to get a bollocking right the girls actually refer to me as Satan Satan yeah and it's okay. a nickname I've learned to enjoy right because it means I can cause pain with smiles on my faces faces as if I've got two of them and, and then obviously I've got some who are just kind of there because they want to stay fit right so I mean if they come in and tell me they had a, a Chinese on the weekend or whatever then I go well you know well that's doing to your insides but let's leave it there sort of thing right. I mean I'm a real person like I said I went through years of being overweight so I know what it's like and we all get cravings and I'm still a human being that's why I'm on detox now because yeah. I've had three weeks of shit nutrition right we all we all fall off the wagon but it's just knowing when to rein it in and like I said if somebody comes to me and says this is their goal then they're paying me good money to help them achieve yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, 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 that's your job. And if I don't smack them on the wrists... Really, they're paying for Satan, aren't they? Because Absolutely. They haven't, they, they're not doing it to themselves. They need yeah, someone yeah. to shout at them. Which, and I still, obviously, I don't use personal trainers as such, but I go to classes that are going to... where there's a coach in charge, where mm. if I'm not pulling my weight, he's going to turn around to me and say, we do an ab, get on with it, yeah. and come and scream in my ear. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we all need a bit of motivation sometimes. So do you scream in people's ears then? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now and then. 
Again, it depends on the person. <laughs> but yeah, um, as much as the girls, and I don't mind it at all, they slag me off, generally on Facebook. I know it's all in jest and they all leave being happier with what they've achieved and yeah. that sort of thing. I don't think anybody thinks I'm being nasty in no, any no, kind no. of way, but I'm, I'm there to push them. It sounds a little bit like, you know, a teacher that's hard but, mm. but has your best interests at heart and Absolutely. then at the end of the year you're like yeah. thank you but during the year you hate it yeah I think they all kind of do think why am I here yeah. during the sessions sure it's, well, it's a little bit sadistic yeah. well actually some of them do come and say why do I do this to myself Yeah. Why, why am I putting myself through it nobody enjoys exercise I don't think while you're in it Yeah. it's that feeling afterwards like you've done something good for yourself that day yeah. Who knew I'd be saying this? If you said that to me like four or five years ago, shut up. Yeah. Exercise is just work of the devil. And here she is. Yeah. <laughs> that works nicely. Do you think everybody should exercise then? Absolutely. Right. I think the way Booty Camp runs and the way Mark and I run, like I said, we're real people. We've both been through being overweight, mm-hmm. not really knowing what good nutrition was and hating the gym so our sessions are like we try and make them as fun as possible as much as they're painful because there's some pretty serious hardcore exercise that you can do if you choose to and it's very competitive and probably wouldn't be enjoyable for most people yeah. I mean I deal with women from sort of I think our youngest booty camper is 19 mm-hmm. and our oldest is 65 Right. so I deal with a massive spectrum of people who've had health issues, who've got weight issues, who've just got self-confidence issues. And it makes it a really friendly environment to come into. And as much as they're intimidated at first, it takes them one session. It's that crossing that fear line, almost of coming. And all they do is come to one session and they're hooked. We've got girls, we've only been running, coming up to two, it'll be two years, like January time, so a year and a half-ish. And we've got girls who've been with us right from the beginning who've said they've never stuck to anything in their life. But they've got friends now there that they enjoy coming to see. And the exercise is like almost a byproduct of socialising. Yeah. Even though it's my job and that's what they do for an hour, they get to see their mates. Yeah, um, I mean, I guess a lot of, there's, you know, a, a group of women together yeah. doing something very, it's very personal. Yeah. Everybody's going to have a personal reason why yeah. they want to lose weight, why they want to get fit. Absolutely. And this it's very intimate, I guess, as well, because yeah. everybody's sweating together. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, they I do mean, sweat together. Yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, I guess that gives a bond that you don't necessarily get very often. It's like a little community. Everybody is willing each other on. I've never really been... I've always been a people person, but in any other job, you don't really get to know people in the way that I get to know people now. It's like, pretty much all the women there, I know what their husbands do for a living, how many kids they've got, what schools they go to, like, whether their kids do, I don't know, gymnastics or judo. It's just one of those things where you can go and properly get to know people and know about their lives and, like, the reasons why they're there. It's kind of selfish in a way because I get job satisfaction from... Like I enjoy my job generally but seeing other people get results yeah. at my hands if that yeah, makes sure, sense sure. I mean obviously they do the work themselves that's the pride in your profession you absolutely know, that's what... and I've never had that in any job before well that's really so good so it's a massive thing yeah so why women only 
like I said, Mark had already started doing the guys' the men, yeah. boot camp. And for him, that was what he wanted to do. He just wanted a nice little community of lads that he could go and have a bit of banter with on a Saturday morning, make them run, you know, do some hill sprints. And let's be fair, the boys don't work anywhere near as hard as the girls do. I'm hoping <laughs> Mark's going to listen to this. Um, so, yeah, it just kind of made sense to do a girls-only one. Well, I guess also, like... Men and women have different exercises to do, don't they? they, 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 they phys- <laughs> isn't there a, like push-ups or well, isn't there one that women have to do differently? Oh yeah, yeah, we can do variations on exercises, but actually, the guys I know don't work as hard as the girls do. <laughs> but there's more social pressure on women yeah. to be fit, to be skinny. Absolutely. So I guess that's probably why they work harder. Yeah, but that's another thing about booty camp is we don't buy into that whole getting on a diet yeah. and being skinny. Right. It's not about that at all. Yeah. When I started losing weight, it was completely about that for me. Yeah. Completely. And my whole idea of what I was doing changed midway through. It was about being educated. Like I said, my healthy balanced diet used to be the special K diet. <laughs> so I'd have a bowl of cereal for breakfast, bowl of cereal for lunch, and some sort of healthy meal in the evening. Right. Because I was losing weight. And that's what I considered to be healthy. But actually... When you think about, I'm going to get all sciencey on you now, Dave. Yeah, good. No, just nutritional values of food, and what's actually going to make us function better within ourselves because our bodies are machines. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> I can see this sort of vague no, no, look no, no, on your no. face. No, 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 no. I know that. I know that bodies yeah, yeah. are machines. I'm not very good at operating mine, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's about educating and making women especially for me making women understand that actually starving yourself is never going to get you anywhere sure eating things like the special k diet or weight watchers don't scare me started on weight watchers you're just not doing your body any favors and actually you're making yourself feel deprived and you're putting yourself in a position where you've got to be so rigidly stuck to something that when you fall off you want to do it spectacularly because you think it's not achievable and those sorts of things aren't sustainable the fact that McDonald's is on Weight Watchers with a points value. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay. Well, they sponsored the Olympics as well. I know. They? Don't get me started <laughs> on that either, jeez. It just cracks me up. And like I said, five or six years ago, I wouldn't have batted an eyelid. I've done Slimming World and I've done Weight Watchers and eaten the crappy meals that you put in the, the microwave. Yeah. Because I thought I, said I was doing myself a favour. And laziness comes into it a lot as well sheer laziness so it's about being motivated to want to do something better for yourself it yeah. took me a long long while to get there and it's taken some of these girls a long while to get there but that's why I think they appreciate the group that we've got because they know we've all kind of gone through the same thing yeah education well yeah I mean do you think it helps having a, a female trainer for the female group and a male trainer for the male group yeah I mean Mark does quite a lot of the work with the girls as well right. he does a couple of classes a week with them and they do love trains because he's yeah. just He's mental. But there's an, that's, a, that's also a good dynamic mm. as well, though. There's, there's a dynamic in yeah. both of those types, isn't it? Absolutely. And because it started off that way, he'd always trained the girls, and then all of a sudden I came along. So me and Mark have got such a good relationship that it's easy. They know both of us. Mm. We're pretty similar. I mean, he's a slightly more highly strung than I am. I'm quite calm, and like I said, I'm a little, probably a little more harsh on them. Right. Exercise-wise, he loves to chat. Right. So anything for a chat they can kind of spin him off in a different direction to distract right. him he's from... that teacher yeah that's it he's the soft one yeah I think it works just knowing who I was five or six years ago yeah. and not that I've changed I still 
don't feel that different. Well, you don't look very different from where I knew you ages ago, but I never saw you in the middle where you That's were, it. were overweight. So, yeah, I just think it kind of gives the girls a bit of a boost to see that somebody who was the way I was for maybe eight or ten years yeah. is completely different now. And I've been able to maintain it, I think, is more the important thing for them. Because, like I said, when you do these kind of fad diets, I think, amazing, I've lost a stone in a week. Yeah. And then you eat real food again. Yeah. And it all comes yeah. back on. It's achievable for them. They sure. can see a light at the end of the tunnel sort of thing. At work, you're Satan. Mm. Does it stay at work? What, Satan? Yeah, yeah like, completely. No, you don't, like, when you go out into the pub... Like, well, no, you don't actually don't go to the pub very much. <laughs> I don't go to the pub. But when you go out into the world outside, you don't... You, you know, you, you leave that persona at, at Absolutely. work. Absolutely. But, I mean, this is... Like I said, this is the first time where I'm enjoying getting up for work in the morning. Sure. So work completely does run over into my personal life. Right. In certain aspects. Like, like I said, with this whole community thing that we've got going, the Facebook... Yeah, culture is yeah. massive and I'm, I mean you've probably been subjected to some of my posts on no, there well, because it's I, quite I like rife. it when other people post you know frequently because I post so frequently <laughs> I, like, I, like, I like a bit of balance like, like, somebody else to me yeah. yeah exactly so it doesn't stop when like that hour I'm not available to them 7.30 till 8.30 one hour a night I'm available they've got my phone number I'm, I'm on Facebook all the time it's like right now we're running um, a 28 day detox so it's not a diet. It's teaching people a sustainable way to eat 90% of the time. What we're saying to the girls is, if you eat like this 90% of the time, have your treats. That is that balance yeah. that you get. Although for the four weeks that we're doing it, we're trying to do it 100% right. to kind of cleanse the liver, get rid of toxins from all the, the shite that we've all been putting in our bodies <laughs> for the last God knows how long. Yeah. And it's massively important that we're all there to support each other throughout that so that they've got my phone number. We're all on Facebook all the time. So Satan kind of stays in my life outside of work in that perspective. Because if I see him going online and they're saying I'm really craving chocolate, then I'm going to say to him, Yeah, you're going to... Don't have chocolate. Yeah. Go and get yourself some magnesium. Because <laughs> that's well, what it is. Yeah, well, that's, that definitely sounds nicer than chocolate. <laughs> but absolutely, that's what it is. They, they reckon that when women crave chocolate or generally when people crave chocolate they're actually deficient in magnesium okay so you can buy these mouth sprays now right um, and it's meant to take the cravings away okay I, I struggle I just use willpower right. I haven't actually tried it but apparently that's what it is you might also be craving you know the, the fat and the uh... oh god yeah but yeah. fat doesn't make you fat Dave right okay it's just the same word Okay. <laughs> do you want me to, go, do yeah, do you want me to elaborate? Yeah, please. God, this, this is going to get very boring for your listeners. Okay. I think this, I think this is interesting. So fat doesn't make you fat. Sugar makes you fat. Right, And okay. processed foods make you fat. Basically, the ethos is, if it wasn't a plant, if it wasn't an animal, if you didn't get it from the ground, then you should really put it in your mouth. Right. And that's the, the really easy, strict way of looking at it. Some people call it paleo. So it's like a paleolithic kind of uh, yeah, caveman of diet. We try not to define it right. as much. But basically, the more fresh, natural, unprocessed right. food you can put in your mouth. And when you think about it, like even just my nan's sort of age, that's how they ate. 
Yeah. Meat and potatoes. And we don't eat potatoes. Yeah, I was going to say. Because <laughs> there's, there's starchy carbs. Yeah, but, um, that's, that, I mean, that's the, the only exception, I, I imagine. Mm. Yeah, from don't eat things that would grown in the ground. You can't eat potatoes because they're carbs. Yeah, it's a little bit more complex than that because we eat sweet potatoes. Right. But it's basically how the body deals with it. It's to do with, like... God, I don't want to get sciencey on you, Dave. I like I like. <laughs> it's to do with the sugars found in them and insulin spikes. So, basically, when you take these sugars into your body, your pancreas secretes insulin in order to kind of stabilise your sugar levels. Right. But every time you get a spike in blood sugar and insulin's released your body kind of goes into fat storing mode so if you can avoid these sugar spikes by eating more natural foods then the less likely you are to go into these fat storing modes right and it allows you have to stop eating like my favorite things in the world which are like pasta and bread because they're processed yeah i know but (laughs) (laughs) pasta pasta's got a place but um, no, not on I detox. Mean, I get it. <laughs> I get. I get why you're not eating pasta. Yeah, yeah. It's just that's a horrific idea. Is that a staple thing? Am I allowed for you? to eat loads of cheese? No. See, those are the. That's all I. Ever well, if you think about <laughs> it, where does cheese come from? Yeah, I mean, it, I know it's it goes through a process. Yeah. yeah. I know, yeah. So. <laughs> And that's what I mean, even though cheese comes from what people might consider to be a natural source, mm. what's natural about a human drinking cow's milk? Good point. That is a very good point. You just think, would you go, would you go around and milk a cat? I don't know if you can milk no. cats, but if if they sold cat milk, yeah, no, it's a good point. Would you drink it? Well, I, thought, I have thought that before actually. Like, it, yeah. it is weird that we're doing this thing. I'm not. I'm not saying we should all go around drinking breast milk. No. And it should be ready available for us. But no, um, that would also be. No, <laughs> that's the most bizarre thing. <laughs> Imagine going to Tesco and yeah. bottle of breast milk, please. Well, you'd end up with lactating women having to be in big factories. <laughs> there could be a lot of money in that. Yeah. I think actually you can, that, that you can buy it. What, on the black market? No, no, no. Like, uh, there was a big s- scandal about it, I think, in America because r- rich people were buying breast milk. Yeah. Like, what, like having a wet nurse, but I guess via the internet? The, the, the company, yeah, it does that. Wow. Mm. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> we're straying off the subject. Exactly. <laughs> so if I did a detox, so I've had like nearly 31 years of uh, eating terribly mostly eating as much cheese as possible mm. eating loads of pasta smoking drinking all sorts of things like that yeah what happens to me when I detox oh first of all you should do it and actually I might get you to sign something before we start talking about it to say you're going to do it um, I'm not signing anything but I'm interested <laughs> in doing it sometime yeah. okay sure well, I can send you a plan, yeah, definitely. Do, do. But basically what happens when someone detoxes for the first time, and we call it detox because society says that the things we're eating are normal, which generally, I mean, what's considered normal is what the majority of people do, yeah. so I suppose you would call it normal. When you fill in your body with these sugars and all these toxins, your, your body gets used to dealing with it, and your liver's primary function is to fat burn. Right. basically yeah. to eliminate toxins from the body that aren't necessary but when you're pumping it full of toxins that aren't necessary it becomes its primary function it becomes overwhelmed by how much work it needs to do so it basically goes I don't recognise this I'm going to put it with this bit of water and we're going to dump it in the fat cells so when people get fat they're holding a lot of water toxic water and toxins in the fat Right. so what happens when you start to detox is the liver doesn't need to kind of 
concentrate so much on that and it brings all the toxins to the surface. So you're going to get horrific headaches. Right. Horrific. Okay. Um, and probably for a good three days and no amount of ibuprofen or any kind of um, painkiller is going to shift it. Okay. Um, so I have to do this when I'm not working? I'd, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. Some people feel fluey. Right. Like, literally, I've got a girl who's detoxing for the first time now, and she was laid up in bed. She, tonsillitis has been brought on by it, because everything's just making its way out. You probably get spots. Right. Probably feel a little bit hot. It's just the, this massive amount of, like, this massive shift in what your body needs to deal with means it can start kicking everything out. And when it's doing that, that's mm. going to look almost like it's got adverse effects because Absolutely. your body is expelling all this waste and that's, that's it. coming out of your pores. And that's yeah. like the most dangerous time for somebody who's... Do- say somebody was doing it on their own, off yeah. their own back. They're going to think, fuck this for a laugh. Yeah. I feel like shit. Yeah. I felt all right last week when I was eating McDonald's and Snickers. I'll just go back to doing that. Whereas if you can ride it out, and it probably, I would say in my case now, I'm... I'm probably running on like four days for it to kick in and then get gone right whereas some people it can be especially first timers a week to ten days of feeling pretty horrific so you've got to be pretty strong-willed if you want to do it um <laughs> i mean how often do you drink um i don't drink that much today is not it's this Dave's is not normal over. i am hungover <laughs> i wish our wedding Yesterday, I drank a lot of alcohol last night, but <laughs> generally speaking, I probably drink maybe once a week and not very much when I do. Okay, but once a week? Yeah. Okay. That's, all, that's the only time I drink, yeah. Okay, so you're, you'd notice it quite prominently, I'd say, because drinking coffee, I'm, like, I'm, oh, I'm a caffeine fiend. All the time drink coffee. Yeah, so we wouldn't allow caffeine generally on detox. It's changed a little bit this time around because there's kind of pros and cons to caffeine. But um, I would say if you're going to do it properly, you take it out. Man, that that is that that's pretty much yep. a killer. I'm always drinking coffee. Yeah. If I can't get coffee, I'll be drinking Coca-Cola. So. <gasps> some some people refer to that as the red ambulance because when they're hungover, that sugar kick and the caffeine brings you out of it. It's great. Yeah. But no, <laughs> my God. So yeah, you kind of want to be eliminating all those things, and that's why it feels so horrific because initially you feel deprived. And you feel like shit. Yeah. Um, and most of the time you look like shit. Yeah, if I d- detox, i got to stop smoking as well, yeah? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is uh, horrific. <laughs> I mean, ideally, yes. Yeah. I'm a kind of do-as-I-say-not-as-I-do type person. Yeah, well... Because um, <laughs> I was sat here smoking just a few minutes ago. Um, but, yeah, ideally you'd want to eliminate everything. Yeah. And... I mean, it all, it all depends on how much willpower you've got to do it. Well, but I, I promise you... I did you, give up smoking for a year. Did you? Yeah. What made you go back to it? It's fun. Fun? <laughs> you love it. I had a cigarette, I think, with some friends in Cardiff. Yeah. Do you want one now? Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had some cigarettes with some friends in Cardiff. Yeah. And uh, I said, you know, it was old time's sake, and I was like, oh, definitely not. Definitely, yeah. you know, definitely. You can give me a fag, I'm definitely not going to go back to it. And then I did, you know. And I was like, you know... After a year, I'm like a. I just, I, yeah. And then I was, I was smoking like every time I, because I've got a lot of friends who smoke, so yeah. it's set and setting in it. Mm. Like when I'm in somewhere I'm used to smoking, I want to smoke. Yeah. And when I'm with people who I like to smoke, yeah. And it's a social thing. And so I was in bands and stuff as well. So I remember. All my, yeah. So all my friends 
exactly yeah but I was in bands in London as well so mm. all my friends now in London we're all smokers I mean I've given up twice I gave up last year for three months I gave up for a, year, a month this year as well uh, well oh, I've just done um, I did this like six week challenge which I was kind of blogging to my boot campers and yeah that's right we'll get back to that yeah so I really wanted to to give up I was doing this fitness thing I really wanted to improve my fitness and I knew it was holding me back so I did it but when I got to the end of the six weeks I, I felt like I had no motivation anymore to con- because I love smoking I've always loved smoking uh, I've done it since I was 16 yeah 15 me yeah and um so yeah I did the six weeks and I thought no I'm not going to cave now I've done six weeks I've done the hard bit because all the kind of cravings and all that business had gone it was the the fact that I wanted to smoke not that I needed to if that makes sense yeah and I think it probably lasted about a week and a half to two weeks after the challenge finished before I had my first one again and yeah it's creeping back in yeah, it slowly, creeps, slowly. doesn't it? Like, I think I, I gave up for a year, then I had a year where I was a social smoker. Mm. Probably towards the end of that year, I was becoming a bit more than a social smoker. Yeah. And then, you know, then it was just like full on, I'm in, let's That's it, let's I'm do a smoker it. again, yeah. yeah. I gave up mostly for financial reasons initially. Yeah. Because I took a job that had a lot less money. Yeah. Because I, cause I love it. And then... Uh, I had to make sacrifices for that, but Absolutely. then we, we, ch- we changed our living circumstances, so rent went down. So I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh look, I can afford Brilliant. them again. I can smoke, and you know, I have to smoke rollies mostly now. Mm. Apart from that, yeah, it's uh, not a pleasant thing when I think about it. What, what it's I'm not actually, good what you're doing to your body. No, no way. No. Yeah. Um, but it is my. It's like my final weakness. It's like I was addicted to diet coke. I used to drink seven, eight cans a day. And it took me probably a good year and a half of stopping drinking it and then maybe going back to one a day and, like, phasing it out to the point where I don't even think about it anymore. Same with, like, shitty food. That probably took me a good year and a half to really get to grips with. And like I said, every now and then you do fall off the wagon, but unfortunately with smoking, it's that addictive nature. You can't afford to... Well, that's it. When I started smoking this last time, I mean, I... I, I hate, I always come off cold turkey every time. It's because I'm like an all or nothing kind of guy, mm. I guess. But <laughs> like, I hate, hate, like, I, I get very depressed when I give up smoking because it's like, uh, you know, yeah. life feels like it's got no meaning. <laughs> How sad does that sound? I know though, it to somebody, sad. To, no, I mean, to people who don't smoke and who don't understand and who've never smoked, that just sounds really sad, yeah. But I know where you're coming from. Yeah. And so, I, like, I, I just sort of got out of that and I was all right and I wasn't smoking and then. I did a conversation with somebody for the for the podcast, mm. and he was a he's had a really complicated life. Like he 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 was homeless and mm. uh, he was a crack addict and wow. uh, yeah. exactly and uh, all sorts of stuff. Mm. And the only thing he does now now he's got his life back together is the last thing he does is smoke, right? And that's what I mean. And so I wanted to like kind of connect with him, like. I, I haven't been addicted to anything like that, but I am addicted to smoking, to yeah. cigarettes. So I said, can I have a cigarette? I won't start. And I even said on, yeah. on, on Mike, I'm not going to start again. After <laughs> this big conversation about addiction, I mm. think I'm going to not start again, but I just want to sort of share my addiction yeah. with you. And then, uh, yeah, I did start again. That's that, what I mean. When you hear about it's somebody... Crack, it, so. <laughs> no, that's what I mean. When you hear about somebody who's addicted to something like crack, yeah. you think, let the bugger smoke. 
sure. Let him smoke. Or old people, you know, as yeah. well. Like, that you can't yeah. change that. They'll exactly. just allow it, yeah. It, it's not crack. Let him smoke. And I'm not trying to compare my previous, like, eating habits to crack. Yeah. But it was eight years of my life where that was how I lived. And I let it go. Yeah. And it is an addiction. These sugars and things like that, you do get addicted to, and you do go through a withdrawal period, which is why when you detox, you get these shitty feelings. Yeah. So, yeah, let me smoke. <laughs> no, I've got to let it go. I have got to let it go. I know. But I think it's one of me those too. final things, and I'm going to need some sort of hypnotherapy or... Not that I believe that works, but I want to believe it works. Yeah. Well, I just need everybody else to stop smoking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What I'd like is if they just abolish them completely. Yeah. If nobody could get hold of them. Maybe. No, it just it just becomes. Partly doesn't like that. No, and the more it gets expen- the more expensive it gets. Like I do I do recognise that helps, but it also means that smokers are much poorer than non smokers, you know, which is I know harsh. I know. And also, often people who smoke, you know, don't start with that much money in the first place. When you were Overweight, I guess. Yeah. You can use the word fat. Right, yeah. I think fat's acceptable. All right, but okay. <laughs> when you I was were a fat, fatty. <laughs> um, like, did, was it? Uh, like, did you? So when people put don't on try weight, and be PC about it. I'm trying, to, yeah. I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think like of how to how to phrase it. But when people put on weight, often it's because of some other reasons from, than just eating. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like you're abusing your body it's a psychological thing to a certain extent yeah was it because you were down or um I think I I don't I think it kind of started like I said I got into a relationship where I was really comfortable really happy and you just start doing those you go out for meals and like or you stay in and watch a DVD and the easiest thing to do is to get a takeaway and you just it so slowly creeps in yeah, I mean, becoming I've, a normality I've been with my girlfriend what like 12 years coming up recently we're both trying to lose weight mm. her actually by doing things about it me by just saying I'm trying to lose weight <laughs> yeah. oh I walk a bit more <laughs> <laughs> when you're comfortable with each other you, you, you yeah. don't make that effort and not really being educated on what eating right was the jobs that I did and the way that me and my ex were living in that we both worked nights we slept most of the day mm. It was always kind of eating on the go. Yeah. And living in the area that we lived, in Roth. Right. You've got City Road available to you 24 hours a day, pretty much. Which is, for people who don't know, is just literally a street of takeaways and restaurants. Yeah, that's right. And when food's available to you like that, and you've got no concept of healthy eating, it's so much easier to do it that way. Did you learn bad food habits at home, like, when you were young, like, do you think? Um... I'm not trying to slag up your parents. <laughs> I know. Um, thinking back, there was four of us as kids. Yeah. So six of us in a household. My mum didn't work until probably my youngest sister was back in school properly. So times were pretty hard yeah. thinking about it. And as, as I think it is for a lot of families now. So sort of buying the cheaper options and making big pasta bakes or yeah. fried eggs yeah. and making chips yourself and yeah, this is you making know. me hungry <laughs> sorry Tim. No, <laughs> it was just a normal thing and you don't question what your parents give you to eat do you and the other thing was I was incredibly active as a kid I did gymnastics from probably the age of 4 until 14 outwardly seeing me I was skinny as a rake you wouldn't think any different no you was always skinny in school mm. yeah. it wasn't something that crossed our minds ever but I think yeah just as we got older 
your metabolism changes, doesn't it? I yeah, but well, I don't... any scientific words. I don't know <laughs> somebody who does. I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's much easier the younger you are to look healthy and not necessarily be yeah, healthy. that's right. I was skinny in school. Yeah. Like I, I mean, like not I, exactly I'm overweight. Not, I know, I know I'm not, but i got a bit of a belly. I've had more of a belly in the past. Mm. And my problem was... I mean, I was skinny in school. I did a year at university mm. doing dance. I know, wow. I know it, really? That doesn't sound like me, does it? And was that's it interpretive? Why it was re- the release method, actually. It was a <laughs> contemporary experimental dance, if you want to wow. get technical. I chose to do it because I wanted to challenge myself. I didn't like much about the course that I was mm. doing, and I just thought, well, if I'm doing this course I don't really relate to, I might as well push myself in a completely different direction yeah. and see what that's like. And I did a year of dance. I can't say I'm a great dancer, but I am aware <laughs> of my body's physicality in yeah. a way that I wasn't before. Yeah. You know, a lot of the dance stuff we did, like a dance class once a week, would be yoga mm. and stuff like that. So there is a lot of like yeah, yeah. fitness elements of it. After that, I took a show up to Edinburgh that we put together, and that was a, a really physical show. And that was every day. You know, yeah. we were doing that every day. So like for two or three weeks, I can't remember which. It takes it out of you, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, by the end of that, I had a six pack pretty much really? I was like wow uh, and then I stopped exercising completely so yeah. all of that muscle changed to fat and I drank a lot more then back in those days <laughs> and uh, yeah like I always wish I never got yeah. fit do you I, remember I how you felt though, back. when you were like that good I think I did yeah, yeah. I did feel good you're right like it, you're, you're right I should remember that like I, I, I often think this like if I was healthier mm. would I be happier and I think probably yes isn't yeah. it so, you need I, to I would have to have willpower. Yeah. You would need to have willpower, but <laughs> one of the amazing things about these detoxes, like I said, we all fall off the wagon, but what I found, I'm on number maybe five or six that I've done them, and every time the girls do them, and like I said, some have been with us right from the beginning, so they're on like the same sort of maybe four or five that they've done. They pick up little habits. So even if they don't religiously live their life 100%, stick into this plan, which it's impossible. Yeah. I mean, if, if there are people out there who live like that, then, you know, pat on the back to them. But for me, I would say 90% is about as far as I'm going to go yeah. with living like it. But the amazing thing is, like I said, you, you come through the shitty bit after the first week and you feel awesome. You feel energised. You understand what it's like to work on a clean system, to be able to sleep properly, to not crave caffeine or sugar... And then immediately, the, the, however long the period is, like I said, this one's 28 days. So it, on the 29th day, when you fill your face with crap, because that's what you feel like you should do, yeah. you feel like shit. Yeah. I and bet. you think, why did I just do that to myself? Yeah. And it just kind of, like I said, it all creeps back in. But if you do one thing that you did for that 28 days, like drink more water and flushing your system out, or... Yeah, I'm terrible at drinking. I'm terrible at hydrating <laughs> myself. It's true. Like coconut oil. I'm a massive advocate for coconut oil. Okay. So many benefits to coconut oil. So if you take that on board and start cooking in coconut oil rather than olive oil yeah. or vegetable oils, or start taking it off the spoon once a day, and I can see in your face you're not thinking that's a good thing to do, but it is, believe me. Okay. Then it's worked... Yeah. In my eyes, it's worked. And then next time around, you're already set up with the coconut oil in the water. So maybe this time around, you might get more fruit and veg in your diet. And that's something you take with you after the end of that. And slowly, slowly, your diet is 70, 80% better than it was when you started with us. Even though you feel like you've fallen off the wagon compared to that 100% that you're giving for the three or four weeks, 
you're still in a much better place than you were like a year ago or whatever. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah. And talking to you now, part of me's like, oh yeah, yeah, I, I, I want to. Am do I motivating this. you? Yeah, you are. <laughs> and it is this way with people who've really found it. I know a few people who've got really into fitness in whatever way not sometimes it's sports sometimes yeah. whatever it is talking to them about it it's inspiring it's exciting yeah. i want to go out and do it but then it's hard yeah. to fit into your life i think do you but, think well I, I do think but at the same time you're going to tell me that I'm well wrong. it's absolutely not <laughs> difficult to fit in your life yeah i think generally if you can work out i don't mean like join a posh gym and spend a hundred pound a month mm. on somewhere that's got a sauna and a steam room and a swimming pool yeah. where when people say they go into the gym they go and sit in a sauna for an hour yeah, and then yeah. they steam and then they jacuzzi and then they get dressed and or go have lunch well see that sounds nice <laughs> <laughs> no, it sounds amazing doesn't it but really paying 100 pounds no, for that I and you're not pay for it. yeah <laughs> so it's the ethos of our boot camps is you can do it anywhere yeah. you don't need equipment you don't need necessarily to be i mean yeah it's great to have the support of the, the group that you're working with actually if you're somebody who works away or yeah. travels you can do it in a hotel room yeah you don't need equipment it's all bodyweight exercises yeah. and it's amazing like everybody thinks if they go to the gym they do like 20 minutes on a cross trainer walk a bit on the treadmill maybe do a bit of this bending the arms and pulling down on this machine and whatever and they don't really understand what they're doing yeah. they just know that that's what everybody else in the gym does. Yeah. I'm not knocking any kind of exercise. No, if that's sure, what sure. you do, then great. But if you want to see real results and be able to do it anywhere and fit it into your life, you only need 10 minutes a day. Okay. 10 minutes I can probably yeah. find. I mean, Jen is doing that. My girlfriend is doing mm. that. She does more than 10 minutes a day and it's definitely having results. It's definitely yeah. making it feel better. I mean, mm. I, can't, I can't deny it. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I always feel like I'm... The thing is, when you're busy, you get into this mindset that you're busy, don't you? Of course you and do. you don't notice where you've got time, so maybe I should yeah. think about that. That's the thing. You incorporate it into your busy day. Yeah. And you make it, I'm busy doing exercise. Yeah. It's taken me a long time to get there. And it is something you've got to work on over time. But eventually it does become something that you just do, because yeah. you have to. And when I say have to, I mean, I don't think... Like you wake up and go, oh, Jesus, I've got to do 10 minutes of exercise. But once you've done it for a little while and you know that feeling that you get afterwards, you don't want to lose that. Yeah. You need that 10 minutes for yourself so that you can feel good and then go about your day. Yeah, I mean, I'm seeing that in Jen. Mm. Like, that's how she's starting to feel, I think. Yeah. There I go, <laughs> speaking for her again on the show. But, yeah, no, I, I take your point, really. Mm. It, makes, it makes sense to me. Before I ask the last question, the only thing I was going to touch on that I haven't touched on yet is... The, the kind of there is this blogging element of what you're doing, but it's not designed for the world, is it? It's designed for your community group. Yeah, is that I mean, right? it's, it's definitely started that way. There are things that we're thinking about. Basically, it was more to do with the accountability factor for me. It was quite a selfish place that it came from. It started with this non-smoking thing that I was doing and the drive in my fitness. Like I said, with some of the girls, it was about weight loss and like where it started for me was about being skinny and looking good and not necessarily anything else. Yeah. And when that mind shift happened for me, I kind of wanted to pass it on to some of the girls I was working with to make them understand that actually, it doesn't matter if you're slogging your guts out and you're not feeling like you're getting to where you want to be because where you want to be is skinny. Yeah. It was more about carry on doing it because you'll get there eventually, but in the meantime, you're keeping yourself healthy yeah. and that sort of aspect of things. 
So, yeah, when I decided that I was going to do this six-week challenge and give up smoking, I thought, well, I've tried to do it before, and I wasn't accountable to anyone. And, I mean, from what I've just said, you know, the accountability factor yeah. worked for the, the period of the challenge. I'd probably have to blog forever to stay off them. Yeah. It was just so that when I went to class, they would know that yeah. that's what I was doing. And they'd come up and have a chat to me about it. And actually, quite a few of them came along with me. It was probably about six or seven girls I had come and say, do you know what, I'm going to do it as well. Which was massive for me, because like I said, where it started as a selfish thing, it became completely group-orientated yeah. then and getting other people involved. So yeah, that was just kind of for my, like the booty camp girls, the community in that sense. But actually we saw that there was a much wider audience to it as well. Yeah, you were putting out videos when you, mm. like I, was, I watched one, uh, one or two of them, I think. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, of me in my living room yeah. complaining that I was feeling knackered. And, That's right. Yeah. But, you know, because I know you a bit from school and mm. that and... Also, it's a very relatable thing, you know. I, you know, I could relate to the what yeah. you were saying. That was it. I wasn't trying to get anybody on board. I said, yeah. if you want to come, come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where it started. But it's definitely, like I said, we've seen that there's the potential for a wider audience. And going back to that, people who don't have time yeah. to exercise, Dave. Yeah. Um, we're actually thinking about setting up an online. Well, Mark's already kind of midway through it for the guys. It's going to be released later this year, but it's an online coaching programme for people who either don't live in Cardiff, so we're not readily available to them in that way, or they don't believe they have the time to go out to a class. So maybe a 20-minute drive, an hour in the class, 20-minute drive home. If they've got kids or work really long hours, they feel like it's not accessible to them, and it's making it accessible to them. So, yeah, it's definitely something we're looking at doing. And like I said, the guys thing is already on the way. Yeah. The girls one won't be far behind. Right. Because I said, girls talk. Yeah. So I think it's potentially going to be quite a big thing. When do you think that's going to be coming out then? Guys one, the website is due to be released, I think, maybe October, November. Okay. There's a test run going on now. Right. Of a 28-day transformation. So running alongside the girls thing. But, yeah, the actual coaching programme may be October. And then... I'm planning on doing, it's not so much a website, but like a closed group, a 21-day programme that should be released around about November, just in time for Christmas. This wraps up a couple of things, like normally I ask people, what do you do now? And I forgot to do that for the second second time today. I've done done three conversations today. I've got a sore head today. I know, I know. But it's fine, because we've certainly covered what you do now I think pretty much people know but also the last question that I ask is do you have anything to plug and we've kind of just kind of done that let me know what date you're launching your thing your, the November thing like not now but yeah of course yeah. If, if you let me know I'll mm-hmm. put it out the week before to try yeah. and tie it in amazing that's what I try and do when, Thanks, when someone's got something going out yeah but I've got something else to plug if you want to hear about that absolutely <laughs> I was yeah do that sure Mark and I have been working since I came on board full time since March on a recipe book Ah, to yes. kind of make things really easy for people. One of the issues, like I said, is about people not being educated about what is healthy compared to what they perceive to be healthy. Yeah. So we've put together a book which is called Lean for Life. There's 90 recipes in there, 30 breakfasts, 30 lunches, 30 dinners. Basically, you've got your month's food without yeah. ever having to use the same meal twice. Brilliant. And all completely clean foods, yeah. if that makes sense. So that's on sale now. There we go. <laughs> Via Facebook. But yeah, it's just been a labour of love, shall we say. Yeah. And something we're quite proud of. How do they find it on Facebook? Okay. 
Well, if you're a female, you can go to Booty Camp Cardiff. That's an open page on Facebook. Like the page. It's available on there. Fitness and Motivation. That's the company for personal training. Okay. We've got a website, which is fitnessandmotivation.co.uk. Yeah. There's also a page on Facebook. And then if you're a guy in your 30s, go to 30 Plus Fitness for Men. Okay. For lads. Sorry, Mark, I'm not au okay fait with the guy stuff. <laughs> but yeah, there's those three pages on Facebook. Like I said, it makes it really accessible to people. Most people are in, on Facebook in yeah, the world. That's right. Unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. yeah and <laughs> everybody's there. Yeah. So yeah, take a little look. Well, that's brilliant. And uh, the last thing I ask people to do is to. Oh, well, first of all, I should say it's been a pleasure getting better acquainted with you. Thanks, Dave. And it's, it has really been interesting. I'm bordering on being sort of possibly doing some of this stuff, so that's good. I'm not going to let you not be converted now, Dave. <laughs> You've shown an interest. Right. I'm going to grip onto it. Well, I guess that's what you do. Absolutely. Uh, and yeah, the last thing I ask people to do is to say goodbye to the audience. All oh, right. Okay. Goodbye, audience. It's Bye. been lovely speaking with you. <laughs> <laughs> Abby's brand new 21-day online fat loss program commences on Monday, November the 12th, but you can purchase the manual already. There'll be a link if you join their Facebook group. Also, I'll put one up on the SoundCloud page for this episode, so you can click on that to buy the manual and to get involved with the fat loss program. That's their word, not mine. Booty Camp members will be charged less and they can get a discount code by texting Abby or Mark you can find Getting Better Acquainted on Twitter at UBA Podcast you can find it on Facebook it's Getting Better Acquainted have a search on Facebook and like it or you can find it on the website www.gettingbetteracquainted.co.uk You can also subscribe by searching on iTunes and subscribing to us that way. And on the Stitcher Smart Radio app that you can download for your smartphone from stitcher.com or through the App Store. There are lots of ways to get better acquainted.